Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks the simple question, when you decided that toenails were a personal grooming statement. What the hell were you thinking? This is the Tuesday, May 25th, 2015, local strip clubs and nail salons edition of the show, where we talk about how slave labor in the New York City toe and finger grooming market affects us all. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you today by Big Eddie's Ethical Manipedies. Big Eddie's employs only locally sourced 50-year-old male foot fetishists. Big Eddie's on 51st and 10th Street in Hell's Kitchen. Come for the experience. Leave never ever wanting anyone to touch your feet again. If you would like to sponsor the show, head on down to Big Eddie's and talk to Sal. His creepy-ass vibe will keep you far, far away from doing anything even remotely crazy ever again. One more thing. Your great-uncle did not let me change his socks for him either. I like feet. I do not know why. The New York Times recently wrote some stories about a scandal of epic proportions. A scandal that would shame the people of this great city to the very core of their beings. If anyone had actually read it, What they read instead was an expose on the abuses of the city's booming nail salon market. And for those of you not living here in the great city of New York, nail salons are the third most frequent establishment on any given street, right after Chase Banks and Dwayne Reed. Walking down the block, there will be three Chase Banks, two Dwayne Reeds, and at least one nail salon. The story detailed in the Times talked about the incredible and awful conditions most of these salons keep their employees under. I mean, they're basically slave conditions, where the manicurists pay for a spot and work for a pittance to keep it. The story delves even deeper into the racial strata of the establishments where Koreans own the shop, and everyone else more or less gets shit on by the Koreans. Let's not even mention the poor Latinas, who basically are the Cinderella's, and they sort of sweep up everyone else's ashes, tears, and straight toenail clippings, which is just a disturbing thing to think about when you actually delve into it. While the story itself is horrifying on its face, what isn't shocking in the least is that it actually happens. Anyone who's spent more than five minutes outside of the United States knows that there is some deep-seated cultural racism that runs through every country in the world. It's too good for us to keep here in America, folks. And that someone would craft a system of fucking over employees for their own game based on race is not shocking at all. I mean, all you need to do is just be aware that Walmart exists, and you should understand. So, of course, these places fuck over their employees. That's their business model. Add to this a mix of an immigrant population and a largely affluent white clientele, and you have a ready-made market for corruption. I mean, Dude, why do you think that all of our cheap shit is made in Asia? 
even the Latin American countries are looking at Asia and going, whoa, whoa, man, no, come on, that's just wrong. What makes the story so interesting to me is the intense wave of well-deserved white guilt washing through the meticulously crafted toenailed streets of New York. All of a sudden, rich white women and not-so-rich white women are horrified that their rather small and innocuous pleasure is rife with exploitation, as though most of their small and innocuous pleasures weren't. Hey, Americans, all the shit you enjoy for very little money is rife with exploitation. I don't care if it's painted toenails or flat-screen televisions on Black Friday. If you got it cheap, you got it cheap because somewhere, someone, probably in Asia, is making dick for doing all the building. Slavery isn't dead, folks. It just got slightly more expensive. And the woman, the women working in the salons are actually paid better than if they were back in China making your iPhones. That's why they're here. You're all horrified because, you know, someone gets exploited in your neighborhood. But, you know, hey, when it's 10,000 miles away, well, hey, we get a free iPhone when we re-up our contract. What isn't funny is that there is a darker side to this story that happens on off the front end of these salons, where the women are working there because it's probably a step up from something even worse. Because if you don't think there are still what were once called happy-ending massage joints work in the streets of our fair city, you're fooling yourself. I mean, I know of at least five, and the ones on 48th and 8th are clearly... Uh, I, I Never mind. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's just a rumor that I heard once. <laughs> Not very relaxing so far. Um... Okay, but must check with manager first. No. No, 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 no. Um, she missed head. No, you, you, got, you got it wrong. I said uh, rub no tug. And uh, the tea bags, where, where you heat those up. You, you dip them in water, you heat them up, and then you put them on pressure. How do I know more about massage than you guys know about massage? That doesn't make any sense. So I'll be, sorry. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. It's so sad because these these places, the the salons, not not the rub and tug joints, are still essentially vanity joints, a business that exists only to fill a superficial need for people that might not actually be superficial themselves. Frankly, the honestly superficial people, the rich white Uber milfs that would not be caught dead in the nickel and dime shops catering to the mass populations. They're going to a place that costs $100 an hour for joints filled with Ukrainian girls. The, so these salons are basically a cheap, easy way to feel good about yourself, a cosmetic equivalent of a strip club. That's right. I said it. The reason women step into salons are basically the same reason men go to see naked women dance. You go to feel good about yourself, to have the illusion that someone wants to cater to your every whim. You feel pampered, petted, and preened over, and you pay for the privilege of feeling special. Do you think men can't just go look at boobies on the internet for free? We can. And if it were about seeing naked women, we've got options. But you go to a strip club, and for a little while, and for a price, you're made to feel like you're important 
special, the center of attention. If you sit in a chair while a silent Asian woman cleans your toenails and applies paint, you're not doing that because you just want pretty toes. You could be doing that at home, just like men. The only difference is, is we're probably masturbating, and I only suspect you're not. And, just like men willing to part with singles for the privilege of having fake boobies waved in our faces, even though we know the entire system is based on some young woman from another country coming here with dreams, hopes, and ambitions, trying to make ends meet, deep down in your heart, you have to know the salon is wrong, too. You can't look in the window of a nail salon and not see it. And I've looked in the window. There's something deeply jarring about seeing Asian women basically kneeling over the feet of white women that should strike you as wrong as well. And maybe it's because I've been to Asia and I've seen the inequality built around the culture. Admittedly, that was a long time ago. But I've always had this nagging feeling that nail salons were just a little bit off. For the same reason that I wouldn't be caught dead in a strip club or a rub-and-tug joint, all joking aside... I wouldn't go into a nail salon. And men, if you do, and oh yes, according to the New York Times story, the women who work on men's nails are the absolute bottom of the food chain. So men, if you are going to a nail salon, oh God, dudes, just don't do that. Just, just, just don't. I'm not even going to cut a social sprout for being gay. Just don't. The whole idea of a man with a woman working on his feet anywhere outside of a mutually consensual sex play situation is just so fucking wrong, it defies belief. Yet, I've seen it. And while this is a very New York City thing, and salons here in New York City cost roughly half of what they are anywhere else in the country, so if you live here and you pay less for something, you know It just has to be crooked. Also, I'm not entirely sure that salons can't not be fronts for organized crime, like the sprawl of psychic readers and athletic shoe shops, which also exist without adequately explored explanations in this city. Let's not even mention the stores selling baseball caps, which are a feature in my neighborhood. Really? Baseball caps? I mean, even lids in the mall is suspect. Who the fuck needs that many hats? In New York City, you have to ask yourself, how does this place stay in business? And if you don't have an answer, the answer that you don't want to admit is almost always that it's criminal to one degree or another. This city exists to exploit someone, and I'm not even saying it's wrong or that you shouldn't indulge yourself in petty extravagances. There's nothing wrong with getting your nails done or seeing boobies if you find a place where the price makes some kind of sense. If you're paying $10 for half an hour of slavish devotion to your sense of self-esteem, maybe you're not at a place that is entirely on the up and up, be it a strip club or a nail salon. Spend a little more money if you can't afford $20 on a manipedi or for a lap dance. Maybe you should be spending $3 on some nail trimmers and a bottle of polish at Dwayne Reed or log on to ImageFap where the boobies are basically free. That's it for the local edition of the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast. Show music, as always, was from Hypnostate. You can find their work on Jamendo.com. There are drops from all over the place today, and frankly, I just wasn't really paying that much attention. I'm probably never going to bother anymore. The closer music tonight is from Jim Croce, who always said it better than anyone, except maybe Harry Chapin. But Harry was kind of depressing. 
Oh, wait, so was Jim. So, uh, wait, check back in this weekend for the national edition of the show, and until then, keep asking the hard questions and hope that your mom isn't listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts